Welcome to Sports and More with HTC. Tonight we have Hilly, Teabag, and Perk. Hilly's got our three-point rundown. All right, tonight we're going to cover uh, kind of a big question that uh, seemingly cannot get decided. But uh, is LeBron James the greatest NBA player of all time? Also going to break down the Colts' upcoming schedule. And uh, Tony Romo makes the news again. He's going to be playing golf for uh, a chance to play in the Opens. So we'll see how that goes. Break that all down. All right. Sounds great, Hilly. Uh, To kind of start this first uh, point off, we've got a little segment here to play uh, about LeBron James. Can we stop worrying about LeBron's regular season lethargy? By the way, it was the Cavs' best defensive performance of the postseason. Why? Because the games now are against better competition, and they matter. This is what the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe dealt with after the first title and the second title in that third season, boredom. It doesn't matter if you're a great pianist. It doesn't matter if you're a great architect. If you're in a field when you're competing with other people for the all-time greats, it's not about battling the opposition. It's it's about battling yourself and boredom. LeBron must just laugh at us. At varying times over the last ten years, LeBron's been told, Kevin Durant's better than you. Oh, that's adorable. He's not. Westbrook, Steph Curry's the unanimous MVP. Derrick Rose is better than you. Anthony Davis is the Kawhi Leonard. LeBron's 50,000 minutes in. He rests. He waits. And when the big games come, he attacks. That game for LeBron last night, nobody in league history with the minutes he's put in still has that energy. He is better than 80% of this league posting. And when he flips the switch like last night and he's rested, it's not even close. He's laughing at us. He's been told Steph and Derrick Rose and KD and now Kawhi are all better than him. Did you watch Kawhi's big game last night? It wasn't atrocious, but it was eh. All right, boys. Thanks, so, Colin. Hey, I'll call you tomorrow, bud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks for that input, uh, Colin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! You've been hanging onto that all, for a long time, ain't you? I have, man. I've been waiting for the right moment. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, so, Perk, uh, you got us that interview. So, uh, <laughs> go ahead and let's get your. <laughs> I mean, it pretty much just solidifies the big argument that you and I had about eight episodes ago. You know, yeah, um, right? I mean, we we the, exactly what he said. I don't know if he, I don't know if he talked about it in that bite, but there was a part of it that he talked about was all the all the greats. They had players there, you know. Mm-hmm. Bird had Parrish and McHale, and you know Magic and Jordan, blah blah blah. And LeBron never had anybody, and that's the whole argument that I was making with you was right. who did he have? Booby Gibson? I mean, his first seven years, he had a bunch of jokers. And he still took him to the finals. 
And and there was also another thing he said in there was, you know, all the other guys when they came into the league, they weren't really great their first couple years. So what happens the next year when you're not great? You get a good draft pick. Well, when LeBron came, they were pretty damn good, and they didn't get a good draft pick. They've never had another good draft pick when LeBron's been on the team. So they've never been able to get that next stud coming out of college, you know. They've had to go get people in free agency, and he's just basically had to make people better. So that was my whole argument back then. And my buddy Colin just proved it. Well, I think it, maybe it took him calling into sports and more to uh, to get me to kind of see your point there. See, um, what I'm wondering is, I think he took that from our episode, and he's like, you know what? That's a good point. I'm going to use that. I need some credit. For that. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, I'm trying to get him to. He doesn't want to follow us on Twitter, but he definitely subscribes on on iTunes or. Uh, or Google Play. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Yes, it, it, it takes a lot to get a team of nobodies to the finals. Yes, you know I mean? And he did it by himself those first years. But rings came when he had help. Now, does that mean that... <clears throat> Let me ask you this. LeBron James now, the way he's playing right now, if he doesn't have Kevin Love, he doesn't have Kyrie Irving, uh, isn't just let's say that LeBron James now is on the teams that he were on that he was on seven eight years ago. Does he still have a ring? Well, you have to look at it this way too. When he was a young kid back then. No, but that's what I'm saying. You know, LeBron so James now, right now the he way was, he's developed. Do you think if you put him back on the old Cleveland Cavs, do they win a championship? He got him there. So, I mean, I got to say yes because he's better now than he was. I agree with you there. I do 100% agree with you there. So, would it makes me just wonder if he would have never left to go to Miami, he would have eventually got a ring. Like, I, I yeah. can, you know, I agree with you there. No matter what would have happened, no matter if they would have got Kyrie, no matter if they would have got Kevin Love, I still think in the amount of time that he, he's he been in the league, I think he would have developed enough to take anybody and win a ring. Now, did it make it easier on him when he went to Miami and played alongside Chris Bosh and... Uh, D Wade. Absolutely. Absolutely, it made it easier for him. Here's something to but think I about. Think, Go ahead. But well, I was just going to say, I think that it helped him learn and grow as a player, and maybe even at a faster speed or a faster rate than what he would have done on his own. Because, I mean, think about teams that that you've played on. And. Are there other players out there that help you learn and grow and become a better player? Oh, yes, every day. So learning from a guy who's been there and done that, I'm not saying that LeBron would have never learned on his own, but it definitely helped the process. And he had somebody to to, to work with him, and he didn't have to, to bear all that load 
And like like now what what Coward was saying, he's he's resting in some of the boring parts of the season. And he's just sitting back waiting. Like, all right, just wait. I haven't even started playing yet. Because it doesn't matter in the in the regular season. What did yeah, once his coffee for... kicks in, it's on. <laughs> right. What did he get? What did they get for being first place in the East? Nothing. What did they get for being second place in the East? Nothing. What do you get for for being rested and and your motor charged and ready to go in the finals? You get to blow out Toronto one twenty two to ninety seven in game two of the second round. So I I I, I think that. LeBron James is the, you know, he's elite by far. Um, and as long as he has somebody to help him with, because he's going to progress, he's going to get older, and he's going to start to lose a little bit here and there. And as long as he has one other person on his team, he's always going to be a championship contender. And And that's my opinion on that. Well, it's funny that, you know, how you were talking about, you know, Kyrie and all that. The funniest part about that is if he doesn't leave Cleveland and go to Miami, Kyrie is not in Cleveland. Right, right. When he left, guess what? They got a good draft pick. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just maybe that was his plan the whole time. He's like, damn, these guys are never going to get a good players if I don't leave because they're never going to get good draft picks because we're going to be good. So I'm going to skip out for a few years, go win a couple rings, and come back when they get some guys in here. <laughs> could, could very well be. Very well could be. Uh, but, you know, I mean, just to kind of step back and think about it, would he ever have got a ring without any of those guys? And I think overall this time I think they could have squeezed one out. With the progressions that he's made, yes, I think eventually he would have got one. But now he's got, like, what, four? Is it three or four? Or five or whatever. So, you know, I mean, leaving to go to Miami, he he obviously has more than what he would have if he just would have stayed in Cleveland. And I think those extra rings that he got in Miami just go and help support that argument of he's one of the greatest. Now, I'm not going to drop and compare, oh, he's better than Michael Jordan, or he's better than this, Magic Johnson, or he's better than that. That's I think that's a hard argument to make because competition then compared to competition now is different. Um, Rules have changed. So I I don't like those arguments. I like to just say, hey, he's a great player. He's one of the greatest. And just kind of leave it at that, because <clears throat> I don't like getting into comparing people from 20 years ago to people now and saying, oh, LeBron would shut down Jordan and all that. I don't like getting in that comparison. But I do <clears throat> think, I, you know, I could put LeBron into the, the column of he's one of the greatest to play the game. And is he going to win a championship this year? You know, who knows? Uh, because as great as he is, Golden State has, you know, what, five really good players that know how to play well together. And everyone knows, like, 
basketball isn't just a one-man takeover kind of sport. Like, it's going to take more than just him putting the ball in the basket because he's not going to drop 122 points himself. Yep, that's true. Here's the thing. I think we could all, we, yeah, not all of us, but the majority of people can agree that the dude is one of the greatest top five players that ever play the game. I mean, I, I honestly think you could put him in that category. Now, you could sit and argue all day that LeBron's better than Jordan or Jordan's better than LeBron. I think it all depends on who you grew up watching. You know, if, if you watch Jordan play the whole time, you know, you're a Jordan fan or you're, if you, you know, if you grew up now and you're watching LeBron do it, you know, it's, you know, LeBron's the greatest because maybe you don't remember the whole thing, but I mean, you gotta look at stats. You know, you gotta, he's been an NBA All-Star 13 different times, four times as the MVP, he's 10 time NBA first team. Let's see here, he was rookie of the year in 04, scoring champion in 08. I mean, he's a two time AP athlete, athlete of the year. You know, it's, it's like all the stats are there and he can, you can argue that all day long. Now, what I think what makes LeBron look so bad is that he did leave Cleveland, like you guys are talking about. You know, it's like it's like Perk said, would he have the players there if he didn't leave though? And that's the thing too. But I, I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? You agree or disagree with that? Can can you not sit here and say that LeBron is one of the top five greatest players to ever step foot on an NBA court? There's no doubt. There's no argument. Right. Right. Yeah, I think we all agree on that. After after LeBron left, go ahead. No, I I just think it's easier to argue against the fact that he's greater than Jordan rather than to argue for the fact because there's it's such a close comparison of you know it's it's apples to apples. It's not apples to oranges. I mean it's. They were both great in their time, and, you know, he's going for, what, his fourth ring? I think it is fourth championship. It's like, does he get as many as Jordan before he's done? I mean, absolutely. What's he, I mean, let's be realistic. Well, he's been to, what, seven straight finals? Right. I think it was six, wasn't it? Six or seven, whatever it was. But, anyway, I mean, let's look, be realistic. He probably has seven, maybe eight years, eight good years still in the NBA. Yeah. You know, I don't, so... I mean, the dude's not done. You know what I mean? He's he's not done competing and going, and so I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to argue with what Colin had to say. You know what I mean? You couldn't argue against it. No, is my <clears throat> well, it's our first big uh, interview too. So I mean, well, I don't want to <laughs> piss him off. <laughs> yeah, we kind of kind of hung up on him. Sure, we was done hearing him talk, but other than that, he had to run. He said he was going to have to go, so it was over. So, okay, so listen to this. After LeBron leaves, right? The year after he left, the Cavs get the number one pick, which they get Kyrie Irving. They also had the number four pick that year, and got Tristan Thompson. In 2012, they got the number four pick. 2013, they had the number one pick. 
So you've got three out of four years where you have the number one pick after LeBron leaves. That's crazy. Am I wrong? Did they take the number one pick and get, like, uh, somebody that was a big bust? Who was that? Uh, Anthony Bennett. Yes, Bennett. Yeah. What happened to that dude? I don't even know if he's still playing. Probably. Yeah, not. he's he's playing. But I mean, you see, that proves my point. Like, as soon as he leaves, they got all these picks, and when he's there, they're picking, you know, number thirty-two and thirty-three. Like, it's just crazy right. to think about. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <clears throat> and they still yeah, really didn't I- do anything with them. Ben, it says here that Ben is still playing. He's the one who makes the coffee for the Cavaliers. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, did you all see uh, LeBron? Uh, I don't know what ha- <clears throat> what happened. Like a, a ball was going out of bounds or something, and he went over and grabbed that beer bottle out of that girl's hand and pretended like he was going to drink it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you see him? Did you see him spin that ball too? Like he was. Shooting at the county fair or something. Literally, he was shooting at three. Yeah, like I just saw was, the highlight of it. <laughs> like like you shoot a free game. throw. Yeah, exactly. It's, what the hell? All right. <clears throat> so, we all can agree, you know, LeBron James is a, one of the greatest um, NBA players. So, let me ask you guys this. If you're LeBron James and you're a three-time NBA champion, uh, a three-time MVP, NBA Finals MVP, you know, 13-time NBA All-Star, all of these accolades he's got, do you still go and play to try to earn another gold medal for the Olympics team? I mean, you've got two gold. One in 08 in Beijing, one in 2012 in London. You've got a bronze in Athens in 04. Um, the FIBA World Championship, you've got a bronze in 06. And the FIBA America Championship, you got a gold in Vegas in 07. Do you still play basketball for Team USA, or do you take that time to rest? I don't think you pass that opportunity up. I was going to say, I think that's a pride thing. Exactly. I think that's the most un-American thing you could do is say no. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. Does Coach K still coach him? I don't know if he coaches him or not. I think last year was his last year, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I think so because he he was taking time off this year from uh, Duke to get his surgeries and stuff. I think he's done. I heard uh, Archie Miller is going to be coaching him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what to me and Colin. Does Team USA really need a basketball coach, though? Not really. No. 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 I mean, but, I, mean that, I'm, I mean, the coach I know doesn't have anything to do with him playing or whatever, but, yeah, I think you go. I think you – I mean, there, there's no – but, I don't know. At the same time, what was the argument? I don't even know. I don't even follow the basketball team that much, you know, when when that time comes. But wasn't the argument like 
they're wanting college kids to go play and represent the country or well, I've heard that they're they're pulling kids from the D League. Yeah, maybe. Maybe speaking of D League, not to change the subject, but wasn't it uh Watford and uh Sheehy, didn't they just win the D League championship yeah. or whatever? Yes they did. Uh, yeah, I've seen that. Another another shout out to IU uh alum. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, I did see that as well. So But uh, yeah, I just I just have yeah, I mean, think about it. You're resting LeBron in the towards the end of the season to get him, you know, kind of energized and ready to go for these uh, <clears throat> the playoffs. And then here you're getting ready to go play another almost a whole another half of a season at least on the Team USA circuit. And it's like, at what point do you say, okay, enough's enough for the for the Team USA, and I mean, look at what Paul George did in in a in a match with Team USA. I mean, now granted, that could happen no matter no matter what, anytime you step on the court. But I mean, just those extra games, that extra time is always going to put you at a higher risk for injury, just because you're yeah. But it's not like it's every year, though. What's not every year? The Olympics. Oh, no, Team USA plays every year. Yeah, here's the thing. You're going to need to fact check that. They play in in the FIBA World Champions, the FIBA American Champions. There's always something going on with with Team USA. Now, they, they only play in the Olympics every four years. But there's always some kind of competition going on. As a matter of fact, I think the year that uh the year that uh Paul George snapped his leg into pieces, I think it was a an off year. <clears throat> if I uh, but I could be wrong on that. But I do know like the FIBA World Championship, they got a bronze in oh six and then they get a gold in the America Championship in oh seven. Um and then in oh eight they were Olympic gold medal winners. <clears throat> So the Olympics, yeah, is every four years, but I'm pretty sure uh, Team USA stuff is every year. Like, if nothing else, they're like playing like some in some small stuff. I mean, think about Team USA soccer. You know, just because they're the World Cups every four years doesn't mean that they're not playing in qualifiers. They're not playing in friendlies. You know, I mean, there's always something right. going on with Team USA soccer, just like in basketball. Yeah, okay. I got you. Hey, here's, a, here's a question, too. You're talking about USA being, you know, I understand you don't have off time if you're playing, but you've got to think that the practices aren't that, you know, aren't that too <laughs> Right, and aren't right. Too strenuous. I, so, I mean, it's probably just a quick little shoot around. Let's walk through some couple plays here, a couple, you know, pick and rolls and shoot the ball and let's get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, it can't be a... Right. I bet they're not lining up for a suicide. <laughs> you know you know what I'm saying? So. Right. Yeah, well, here I get that. This America, 2017 America, uh, LeBron's not even on the roster. And see, it just... So, 
in my opinion, if I'm LeBron James, I'll play the years that we go and play in the Olympics. But all this other stuff, let the young boys do that. I'll step in when it when it when my, when it counts. But that that would be my opinion on the on the situation. <clears throat> Yeah. But yeah, so I'm looking at their uh, cumulative performances. They have the Summer Olympic Games, the FIBA Basketball World Cup, the FIBA Americas Championship, and then the Pan American Games. So my guess is each one of those is a different year. <laughs> so there's your four years in between. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking at that roster too. There's Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan, Kyle Lowry, Harrison Barnes, DeMar DeRozan. Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson, DeMarcus Cousins, Paul George, Draymond Green, and Carmelo Anthony. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, the 2016 Summer Olympics roster, he wasn't even on it. So, that's an how interesting... Uh, go ahead. No, I just didn't know how many games that... Uh, it, it is? Yeah, I don't know. on the schedule on the, yeah, that tournament or whatever. Starts in August. Do yeah. what? It starts in August, he said. Oh yeah. So I don't yeah. know. See, but it's just, uh, hey, am, am I wrong here? LeBron wasn't on the last Olympic team. Was he not in what was it? Oh, or uh, sixteen two thousand sixteen. Yeah, that's the roster I just read off. Was the Summer Olympics? See, was, it not the, was, was, was it not the men's national team that some of them didn't go overseas because of the Ebola or something? I mean, wasn't it? Wasn't well, that one was coached by, by uh, that that team was coached by Pop, not uh, Coach K either. Hmm. Uh, so. you sure? I'm looking at the, that roster that I just read, the 2016 Summer Olympics roster. Uh, head coach Greg Popovich, assistant Jim Beheim, Tom Thibodeau, Monty Williams, and Jerry Colangelo. Well, I'm looking at two, six, 2016 USA Men's Olympic team roster. It says head coach Mike Krzyzewski. This is the men's national basketball team, Summer Olympics. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah, I guess maybe there's a little bit of difference in the two. But I do remember Pop coaching something, so. Sure, when the All-Star game? <laughs> no, <laughs> it was. <clears throat> what year was it that George snapped his leg? Was it 14 or 12? Um... I think it was 14. I don't think it was 12, was it? I don't think it was that long ago. Or was it last year? No, it wasn't last year. I think no. it was 14. Who knows? I mean, I guess we got these machines in front of us that where we can figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tried to look it up, but it said, uh, this was 2014, but it kept pulling up. What year did Paul Walker die? Mine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this says Paul George breaks his leg. Team USA, 2014. 
Yeah, I see that too. It's got a video, but I'm not watching it. No way. <laughs> no. Well, it, that one's not near as bad as uh, uh, Oh Boy from Louisville. Mm. That was nasty. Hey, do you yeah. remember who was, that made me think of it, who was the player, we were trying to think about this the other day, who was the player for IU that shattered his kneecap uh, under the basket? It would have been... Uh, Damn, I think Sheehy, I think Sheehy and them were juniors. It was that, uh, blonde-headed kid that, uh, do you remember watching that on TV and all of a sudden they went to a commercial just immediately and they showed him laying under the basket screaming and, uh, he gets carried off in a stretcher. Who the hell was that? We couldn't think of it. You even know who I'm talking about or what I'm talking about? Was it when Creek um, got hurt? Mo Creek's the only one I can think of. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what Yeah. The only one I can think of is Mo Creek. Like, that was the only, like, big injury-prone player that we had. See, I don't think this was it was uh, Austin Edrington. Oh, uh, yeah, he wasn't a star, but that was no. Yeah, he came in the that? same year as Tyler. Fractured his patella, or uh, Cody. Yeah, maybe that was it. But yet, suffering a broken left knee, kneecap. Yeah, and then he ended yeah, up transferring, didn't he? Yeah. He ended up transferring to Butler. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what made me think about that, but we were talking about the other day. Yeah, I remember he was uh, part of Cody's class. I don't think it was, like, that gruesome, but it, like, to look at. But, um... No, 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 yeah. No, you don't remember... Like, yeah. Laying on the court, screaming, yeah. Because they were... Like, they were, when they come back to, and he was getting taken off the court, and they were showing the fans, like, <laughs> people yeah. were, like, completely shocked. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, the dude was in some pain. But, yeah, I don't know what made me think about that. You were right, T, though. Creek, uh, he had the same injury in 09. Yeah, that's the only one I remembered. <clears throat> but, yeah, now that you bring up Etherington, I remember that. That dude had yeah. one crazy-ass career. He got hurt in 09, and then the next year, he had a stress oh, fracture. Well, he had, knee. like... Then the next year, he tore his Achilles tendon. Have you seen oh, his Lord. legs? Like, his legs were tiny. <laughs> his legs were... They yeah, look like toothpicks. Uh, I was just checking out his legs. Well, I did after he shattered him <laughs> a couple times. <laughs> <sighs> Get that boy a glass of milk. <laughs> no kidding. All right, Perk says, well, uh, says, no, Perk says, I didn't check it out his legs. Wasn't Perk the one that texted us and said, man, have you guys seen OG's legs? No, I just know his thighs. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's more of a thighs guy. He likes those thighs. <laughs> No, I wasn't looking at his legs, but those thighs sure were juicy. <laughs> Whatever. I wish your fish finder was in your boat. 
I honestly had like a full out panic attack when I walked outside and all my boxes were underwater. I'm like, son of a bitch, I just bought that thing. And it shipped from Canada? Yeah, quick. Like, the dude must have been on his way and been like, well, hey, hey, throw this in your hey, truck. Hey. <laughs> well, you know, with that fish finder, we need to schedule a fishing trip. Yeah, we need to definitely do that. Uh, I think we talked Yeah. But you know, speaking of scheduling, (laughs) speaking of scheduling, let's uh, let's talk about some of the cult schedule this year. What, uh, what's your all thoughts on, on some of these games for the cult schedule? Uh, Kirk, you want to go through and run down at first? I was going to say, you want to break it down and give her picks? Yeah. Go for it. All right. You gonna keep track of this? Cause I'm not. Sure, we got a recording. Uh, <laughs> Alright. We got, we're at the Rams. We'll win that game. Um, we're home to the Cardinals, we'll win. Home to the Browns, we'll win. We go to Seattle, we'll probably get thumped. Uh, at home for the Niners, we'll win that. We're going to Tennessee. I think we'll lose that. Looks like that's, uh, is that a Monday night game? Monday night game. It is Monday night game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, home against the Jags, we'll take that. We'll, uh, we're going to go into Cincinnati and win. We're going to lose at Houston. I think the Steelers are going to come in and beat us. Then we go on a bye. And then we're going to beat the t- Titans. And... I was debating on this one last time. I was thinking about it. I'm going to say we're going to go on the road and beat Jacksonville. We're going to beat the Bills, Broncos, Ravens, and Texans. So we're going to end on a five-game winning streak. So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So you've got 12 and four on the year. All right, Hilly, let's hear it. Okay. The Rams, yeah, we take the Rams. Uh, Arizona. We talked about that. That's going to be a lot tougher than what people think. I know it's at home, and I think that's the only thing that saves them. So we we beat Arizona, start out two and zero, start out three and zero, beating Cleveland. Uh, go to Seattle and get beat. Beat San Francisco. Yeah, get beat at Tennessee. Uh, beat Jacksonville. Beat Cincinnati. I'm gonna say. I'm going to say no more than six points. Uh, go to Houston, beat Houston, get beat by Pittsburgh, beat Tennessee, beat Jacksonville. Buffalo is going to be a tough one. I'm going to have them losing at Buffalo, uh, winning at Denver, winning at Baltimore, and winning at Houston. That's what I'm taking. So you also had 12 and 4, just a little different. Yeah, different scenario. Okay, okay. You know what, boys, looking down through there, now that this is like the sixth time I looked at it, we don't play the, the, uh, the P word, yeah. I don't think we played him in a couple of years. 
That's interesting. All right, here we go. Uh, I got, we beat the Rams. I think we lose to the, wait, that's not the first game. Yeah, it is. All right, we beat the Rams. I think we lose to the Cardinals. I think we win against the Browns. I think we lose to the Seahawks. Uh, we got the 49ers. I think we lose to the Titans. Uh, we beat the Jaguars. I think we lose to the Bengals. And then the Texans, we lose to the Texans. I think we <clears throat> lose to the Steelers. We beat the Titans. We beat the Jaguars. The Bills, we beat the Bills. We uh, we beat the Broncos. We lose to the Ravens. And we beat the Texans. So I got us at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 7. I got us at 9 and 7. Nine, Still probably. 9 and 8. No, there's only 16 games, right? 7. No, there are 16 with the bye. That's right. You're right. I'm going to go get another beer. <laughs> Not yet, not yet. We haven't segued to that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That Arizona game, and I think I think that Arizona and Buffalo, I think are going to be Buffalo is going to be a sleeper game. That's what I think because I think going into the bye week they're going to get smashed by Pittsburgh because we always well, seem to get beat by them badly. Yeah. And one that I think we all agree on is. The well, I know I'm looking at it. I know we all agree on is the Seattle game. They're just adding too many pieces. Yeah. Plus, yeah, it's going to true. Seattle. Right. Yeah, that's and that's one thing. of the toughest places to play. I mean, it's one of the loudest stadiums. Plus, you're on a Sunday night game, the first night game of the year. Um, you know, I mean, and then you got the the. Other the Monday night game, and then you got a Thursday night game. But that Sunday night game that early in October, you go to Seattle. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. So uh, I think nine and seven is gonna be good enough to get us into the playoffs. I I hope you all are right with your twelve and four. Um, I mean, shit. What were we last year? What were What were we last week? <laughs> we had it totally different last week. Oh yeah. I think I had it. I think I had it with some six losses. I think we all did. Didn't we all have the same record? Yeah, we all did. After after rethinking it, yeah. Well, because we had a we week all, to marinate on it. Yeah, we all went through this. We ran through it, and then I said, "Okay, well, what about Arizona, man? Look at Bruce Arians coming to town." And we were like, "Oh yeah, shit!" Like we we were just looking at schedules, so. Arizona's going to be – this is what's going to happen at the end of the season, I think, is starting with after your bye week, you've got to win your conference or division. So you got to win. I think Tennessee's going to get us at Tennessee. I think that's what I said. If not, I'm changing my mind. But Tennessee, Jacksonville, they have to win. Denver, they have to win. Uh, Baltimore is going to be a lot bigger game than what people think. Because unless, you know, unless – you know, they do have 12 wins, you know, or, or in the position to have 12 wins. Then maybe not. 
But I think it's going to come down to beating Houston again. I mean, I think the Colts are in the right direction, but there's no way. I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna be able to see, you know. But I just I don't I don't know. There's no reason they shouldn't be in the playoffs with this schedule. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's really not that bad this year. No, no, no. it's a decent schedule. Um, you know, playing the Steelers kind of in the mid season there. Uh, playing the Seahawks early. I mean, really, who else would you throw in there that's a big contender? That Steelers game is going to be a good. It's going to be interesting because I think that's going to tell a lot about where we're at and where we're going. Right, right. I agree with that. I agree with that. And you know, I mean, you know, you've played what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games prior to that, and you've got you know seven remaining. So when they get to the Steelers, where are they going to be? Probably. Well, see, I've got them at one, two, three, four. They, they could four, be seven and one, seven and two. Four and five, three, four, five, six, seven. You've got them seven and two. I've got them four and five, and Hilly's got them. He's got three losses, so. Yeah, six and three is what's up. Hilly's got them six and three. So yeah. Hilly's got them six and three. Perks got them seven and two, and I got them four and five going into that Steelers game. Here's the best thing about that Steelers game is no matter what happens in that game, you get the next week off. So now how great would it be to go in the bye week at whatever it was, seven and three or eight and two, whatever you're, whatever you are, you know, coming off a big win like that and then having a week to get healthy and then turn around and have another home game against Tennessee that I think Tennessee is going to get us the first one. So, I mean, you come out big against Tennessee. I mean, that bye week could be huge, depending on how they go into it. You know, if, if they go into it as, you know, we took a loss at Tennessee, we beat Jacksonville. If maybe something happens, they get beat at Cincinnati, and they beat Houston, you're kind of going into the bye week kind of beat up a little bit. If you get yeah. if you get blown out by Pittsburgh, so. That bye week could be huge, you know, especially with the big win against Pittsburgh, and then that could catapult you into wrapping up the rest of the season. And the only thing that sucks about coming off that bye week, though, is we go to Tennessee. Oh no, 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 we've got Tennessee. No, it's home. home. Yeah, it's home. Okay, yeah, that. Okay, yeah, that that would suck though, having to go right on the road. We don't have any games at London this year, right? That's what I was getting her to ask. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't see any Sunday morning games, so I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. 10 a.m. games. Right. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think Buffalo is going to be a lot tougher than than what we think. I hope not, but I just think it's yeah. – I mean, you got to look. December 10th, like you say, it's probably going to be like negative five wind chill and three foot of snow on the ground. So, you know – like who? Who's running back is going to have the bigger balls and going to be able to put a game together? Right. You know the the football's going to be fucking rock hard. So who's going to be catching the ball? <laughs> you know. Hopefully Malik Hooker. In the backfield. 
Let's hope so. Dude, Dockett has been giving that dude so much shit. I'm fucking really? hearing about it. He's like, man, you know how Dockett is. If you say the sky is blue, he's like, well, it's more of a green. <laughs> you know, like he, he's going to disagree with you, but he's like, who, who, who's going to buy a hooker jersey? You know, he's like, you going to buy your wife a hooker jersey? And I forget who he was talking to. And he's like, come on. You don't draft somebody with that last name. I'm like, dude, fuck you, dude. When that dude intercepts a ball and wins us the game two or three times, like, I'll buy his jersey. Like, I don't give a shit. You know, I'm not too proud to wear that thing. So, right. I don't know. He just gives him a bunch of shit. I know. I think it's doesn't. probably going to be, it'll probably be the, one of the most sold jerseys in the Colts stadium, I bet. Just yeah, because of his name. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, look at what our fan base is. I mean, our fan base loves Pat McAfee. I mean, yeah. And I feel like I feel like McAfee will be in the stands with that jersey. <laughs> oh, I guarantee it. I guarantee you can actually it. call somebody and say, "Hey, hooker," and not get in trouble for it. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what he's. What do you say in September? What he said in his podcast? He's going to. Purdue to do stand-up, and this is the first time he hasn't been strapped down under the NFL doing stand-up. Yeah, so I can only imagine what it's gonna, yeah, what it's gonna be like. So, but yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. Well, I you tell know, you what, if we don't, if we don't go any better than nine and seven, like what I predicted, then we're not gonna make the playoffs, and. I don't. I don't think we make the playoffs with an eight and eight, um, or anything worse than nine and seven. So somewhere between a nine and seven and a twelve and four, I'll be good with. Because uh, if not, then come uh, come playoff time, those new draft picks are going to be playing golf instead of uh, football, and. Uh, you know, kind of speaking of playing golf instead of football, we've got our third point, which is Tony Romo playing. He's yeah. scheduled to play in the 2017 U.S. Open Qualifier. What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> dude, I heard well, he's a hell of a golfer. That's what the dude's an athlete, man. Let's just let's just look at it that way, but. When I was looking it up earlier, if you look at him on the golf course, he just looks like a golfer. It's weird. Well, it's weird, though, because he looked like a basketball player when he was out on the court with a man. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, uh, he's 70, or he's 70. He's 37 years old, and he's going to play in this local qualifier in Alito, Texas on Monday. Um, you know, he he's... He's an athlete, like we said, you know, I mean, he's been from the football field to the basketball court to now the golf, uh, the golf course. Now, I know that we've talked about this and he's, this isn't his first, you know, time playing that he missed the cut at the Azalea Invitational in Charleston, South Carolina last month when he finished 19 over par and he missed the cutoff by 11 strokes. And he was quoted saying, golf is great. I can still compete right now. I stink, but I see signs of life. He says, I'll be better tomorrow. I learned a few things about my game today. And I think that just goes to show, like, his kind of, his work ethic. Like, 
I think he's smart enough to know how to correct things, and he's going to go out and, and he knows how to prepare at a elite level, clearly, because, you know, he's played in the NFL. So I think he, he can go out and put in some time and get some work in and cut that 19 over par down, maybe maybe not 11 strokes, but maybe enough to get him qualified for this next event. Yeah. And wasn't it cold team out there? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it a wasn't it, this is gonna be the first time that he's not strapped down on the NFL because what did they say the last two times he dropped out because of complications with, you know, the Cowboys and so, you know, maybe it's interesting to see what happens now that he's just free to do whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't read that. Uh, I didn't read any part of that. However, I did see that he's kind of all over the place. I mean, he's uh, he's he was invited uh, to the Texas uh, Texas lawmaker invited him to for a photo op with some palm pressing with the popular former Dallas Cowboys quarterback Romo was honored on the floor of the Texas State House on Wednesday in Austin. And uh, there's pictures of him, you know, kind of slamming the gavel down. And I mean, this dude is like, I think there's more press on him since he'd been retired than there was in his whole football career. Like, he's all over the place. I mean, from the Dallas Mavericks to the golf thing to being in the courtroom, I mean... Dude's all over Texas. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying you to read Yeah, I'm in the middle of reading this article. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like you were in the mi- middle of breathing. There's, a, oh there's two minutes God. left in this hockey game, Hilly. You watching? <laughs> yeah. No, I was just, I sent Perk a picture to show him what my beard looked like with that oil on it. I just didn't know, I didn't know if he uh, got it. After he kicked his some pumping with their breast milk stuff. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, I, I, hate, I, love Kirk, I think you, you need to put that on your website. Our beard oil did wonders for this guy. Not sure what happened yeah. nipples, but <laughs> we do have a nipple cream, buddy. Microphone in front of me. Yeah. 
You can crop something in there. Yeah, I'm fucking laughing so hard. Are we already talked about Romo or what? <laughs> well, we have been. <laughs> oh, shit. I gotta quit looking at Facebook when we do these things. Which one of your Facebook friends is posting that shit? I think it was, uh, Zach Emmons. Yeah, uh, great. I, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen where he's, uh, he's been <laughs> getting reported on Facebook, so I don't see why now. Oh, shit. So, yeah, he's did, Hilly, did you just snort? Yeah, I might have a little bit. This dude just right, told me comments. He said, he's a good cow, that dude could dial a phone with him. A rotary phone. Alright boys, I think we've come to the point in the segment where we're going to take a pause and uh, refill our beer and we'll join you guys back up here in just a few minutes. Sounds good. Alright. Alright, so welcome back to Sport the More with HTC. Hope everyone's got a full beer. Uh, joining us tonight, we have Hilly, Teabag, and Perk. Alright, for our second segment here, we are going to have Hilly uh, bringing us the high time with Hilly. So, Hilly, what you got? Alright. <clears throat> First off, I'm going to give a shout out to my, my nephew, Kobe, for this little input. Uh, a player, let's say an up and coming player, let's say middle school, high school, whatever it is, even go up into college, whatever you want to do. You, bo- you guys both being coaches. <clears throat> What are the top three things you look for in a young player, you know, that, that you would like to see a player improve on? You know, that maybe, let's say, let's say a, a young player, girl or boy, doesn't matter, tried out for a team last year, didn't make it. Like, what are the three things you're telling this player to, to work on in the offseason to try to improve? Go ahead, Coach. Mark, you want to take it first? You want me to take it first? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So um, the the thing that I would, like, personally, the things that I have in my mind that I'm going to be looking for are going to be kind of the fundamental skills. Does the kid, ha- <clears throat> does the kid have a fundamental background uh, of the sport, whatever sport it is that we're playing? So – um, I coach basketball, and I think what you're referring to is basketball, too, so I'll, I'll kind of chime right into that. So I'm looking at, you know, the fundamentals of the game. Is he defensively sound? Does he understand the concepts of defense? So let me give you an example. When you go out and you're guarding ball, does he have opposite hand to ball? And then the ball handler, handler switches hands. Does he switch hands with him? Um, to kind of like, you know, get that distance on him. So that's kind of like a, a defensive, you know, <clears throat> fundamental thing that I'm looking for. Um, defensive positioning. H- how does he position himself in front of the defender on ball? Um, is he going to give up an open, <clears throat> an open driving lane or is he more of a contested, quick footed defensive player? Um, so those are a couple things I look for on the defensive end. Um, Another thing that I look for is, um, you know, because a lot of the tryouts is uh, open scrimmage. So 
did the player box out on every possession? So, uh, you know, and one thing I like to look for is did, instead of, like, turning your head to locate the person to box out, do you reach around and feel with your hands for the person to box out on? So, you know, just, like, little fundamental things like that are things that I look for. So if I feel, like, usually I'll have a spreadsheet of all the players that are trying out for me, <clears throat> and I'll give them grades based upon these these things. So the first grade is the first grading point I'm going to give them is um, fundamentals. So you know I'll give them a one, two, or three based upon their 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 skills um, in the fundamentals section. And you know that can go as as easy as passing and dribbling and you know things like that. So fundamentals would be the the first thing. The second thing I'm going to look at is effort. Now when I call a player's name to do something in tryouts or workouts. Um, is that player walking over to me? Is that player, um, you know, giving me half-speed transition to other obstacles? Or is that player, you know, sprinting over to me and, yes, sir, what what can I do for you, sir? You know, that kind of thing. Like, is he does he have a sense of urgency? And is that effort there when I put him into the drill? Um, granted, when you put a kid into a in a to a tryout situation, they're going to be awkward at times, just because they don't know the players that they're playing with and all this. So I'm looking for no matter what situation I put this kid in, is he giving me full effort? Is he going for loose balls? Is he going for um, off balls? screens is he going for uh basket cuts just the all in all effort of the of the player and not only you know just in the drills but like like I said when I call him over to my attention does he run over to me and address me in an appropriate manner um when we take water breaks does he you know kind of keep shooting the ball around and then mosey on and walk over to the water fountain or does he sprint right over there sprint right back and then wait for the next uh, instructions. So I would have to say the second point would be effort. Um, the third point would be coachability. So uh, a lot of times in my tryouts, I'll stop a practice or I'll stop a scrimmage. I'll give them directions like, hey, run this uh, pick and roll or um, <clears throat> run this out of bounds play and just kind of see how coachable they are. If you pull them to the side, you pull a group of five kids over to the side and you coach them and they go out and they do absolutely nothing that you just said, chances are they're not that coachable. Now, in that same scenario, if I put those five kids out, three of those kids do what I ask them to do, but the other two don't, they didn't listen, they're not that coachable. Now, that's not the only situation where you can gauge coachability um, but it's one of them. So those, I would say those are the three things that I look for in basketball tryouts. Um, your fundamental skills, your effort, and your coachability. And I think attitude amongst all three of those things is also a heavy factor. So um, kind of a long answer to a short question, but those are the, the main three things that I look for in basketball tryouts from year to year. Um, so if a player that I cut the year before – when he comes back to try out for me the next year, uh, if if he showed me some kind of improvement 
on any of those three factors, um, you know, and I feel like he can contribute to the team, I'm going to take that player over a kid that has, you know, much more skills uh, but lacks in one of those three areas. Gotcha. That's uh, interesting to hear what Perk's going to say. I know, Perk, you, you coach a lot of soccer, don't you? Yeah, well, I was going to say, though, mine, my, mine's a little different because I'm not coaching at that level. You know, I mean, I got young kids, so um, the kids that I coach, we don't really have tryouts. Um, whoever wants to play plays, it's through the school, you know. Um, I haven't coached Joshua's team for a while since he moved up to the Cub program, and they've already got coaches up there, but I still coach Mia. and it, I don't really particularly look for anything with kids that young. Um, I notice if they've gotten better. Um, you can tell the kids that either that are playing in the off season or or going to a camp, you know, or hell, just going out in the backyard and and working on their game. You can tell the difference of them getting better. Just this last year, there were several girls that I had on the team that I was just blown away by because the year before it was kind of like, oh my god, you know, like come on. And then the next year it was like a totally different player. So I don't know, my I don't really have a point of view on it because, like I said, it's it's a different scenario for me, you know. I'm just looking at them and trying to get them better while I have them. And hopefully uh, after I get done with them, they continue to work on their game a little bit. And when I see them next year, I see the improvement. Well, I think uh, at where you're at and what level you're at, compared to what level T-Bank's at, I think you kind of lay the the groundwork and the fundamental and the the attitude. That's what I'm saying. The only thing that I can do is when I have them, you know, um, give them the tools and and one the thing my biggest thing is I want them to have fun I want them to learn the game but at the end of each practice I ask every girl how are your grades do you have any homework tonight do you have any tests coming up you know what I mean report cards right. are coming out in three weeks I want to know what you got so, because that's a big part of it, you know. Right. And they kind of look at me like I'm crazy, but after coaching them for three years now, they expect it, and they know that that day is going to come where coach is going to be like, all right, I got to tell him my grades, you know. Well, even yeah. at the high school level, I mean, you know, like we will just this past year, I'll give an example. We picked a team, um, and we we pulled the grades. Uh, right after tryouts, which is usually, you know, at the beginning of October. So the kids have been in school for a couple months, um, and we pull their progress reports, and we look at them, and we're like, okay, okay <clears throat> listen, if report cards came out right now and you had these grades, you would not be eligible to play. And so we take their progress reports based upon um, the time, uh, you know, there in October, and we say, if these are not up by the time we start our season, you know, you will not be part of the team. And so you've got pretty much from that day, if you make the team in October, until our first 
our first official, you know, game in usually at the end of November. And if you if your grades have not gone up, then you're not part of the team come that first game, and then you're just we're done with you and we're moving on. Well, we had I can't remember. It was probably three years ago, I think, when the girls knew I was serious about grades. I benched Mia because she wasn't pulling the grades that she needed to. And I talked to her for a while about it, and, you know, she wasn't taking it serious. And I was like, listen, when you get into to a certain level in school, if you don't have grades, you won't be able to play. And I talked, like I said, I talked to the girls, you know, about their grades and everything. And and it was the first year that I'd really coached them. And sure enough, I sat me in, and the girls were all kind of looking at me like, why isn't Mia playing? And I was like, this is what happened, guys. If if you don't make the grades, you you can't play. And they were all just kind of like, holy crap, you know, like it, it it was. I think it really hit them because it was my own daughter. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So they were like, damn, if he'll do that to her then, you know, so hopefully that little thing like that kind of yeah. got got to him, you know, instead of an right. example. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I got two points here that I want to make. First point is this year <clears throat> um, coaching our freshman team, we had, out of the people that made it, uh, so I had a, you know, a team of 12. Out of the people that made it, two of them have had played middle school basketball, organized. So out of the other 10, two of those had ever played elementary basketball, organized. So out of 12, only four of my players had ever played any type of organized basketball. And we had a big learning curve, and I felt like I started out with elementary kids. Now, granted, they were athletic, they were talented, but they were missing some of those key things that I said I look for, which are, you know, your fundamentals. Um, So I had to start at a level, the, the high school level, I had to start with teaching elementary style fundamental. Um, you know, I mean, they had the coachability <clears throat> and they had the effort, but what they were lacking, and this was across the board, was that fundamentals. And I could tell based upon the fact that they had never been organized coached before. So, like Hilly was saying, the thing, you know, per- what you're doing with, with you know, your kids and even just working with them in the driveway, you know, there at the shop shooting baskets or whatever. I mean, that kind of stuff and, and you know, just working on little fundamental things is huge. And you can tell as a coach who who has had that and who hasn't. And right. I don't know. I, I feel like the, the age and time where – Kids are playing, especially where, you know, where I'm at and, and kind of the the kids that I'm getting. These kids don't like to be coached. You know, I mean, 
they don't like – at the elementary age, at the middle school age, they don't want to be coached. They want to go to the park or they want to go to the boys and girls club, and they just want to play. And, I mean, that I've that's proven this this off season. You know, I mean, we we went seven and, like, 18 or something like that this year. And you would think that all these kids want to be in the gym working out. And, you know, I mean – I'm telling them, listen, I'll be up at the gym at 4 o'clock. If you want to work out, come up here and work out. I can't make it mandatory because it's not in season. But I have two kids show up. And to me, that's not showing any kind of dedication. These kids don't want to be coached. They don't want to get better. And their response to their peers, the ones that are showing up, they say, well, we're not going to be hooping. We're not going to be playing basketball, so why do I want to go? I don't need to work on anything that they're going to work on us with. Well, yeah, actually you do because if we didn't have anything to work on, you we wouldn't have went 7 and 18. And these kids just don't want to put in the work. They don't want to be coached. And once you do find a group of kids that, that have been coached and that want to be coached and, and can learn from a coach, I mean, the kids, the talent level is out there, the athleticism is out there. It's just finding that group that wants to be coached. And it's hard. And I think the earlier you can get them on a team and get them to mesh and to gel together, the better you, the better they are and the better their future will be in an organized sport. Yeah, I think we can all agree. I think you both kind of hit the nail on the head about, uh, you know, the fundamentals and the, the attitude and the, you know, the, the kind of wanting to be coached. Those are three things. Attitude maybe a little bit and, and obviously, you know, the fundamentals you can walk through them. But, I mean, those are three things that, that the kid has, you know, the, the child has to, has to want and has to, you know, has right. to put forth the effort and has to want to learn and want to be coached. So, I mean, that's, that's something that you don't have to be the best player in the world, whatever sport you're, you know, you're No, that, that, that's why you're coming to me. If you come to me, with a, a an understanding of the fundamentals and uh, a good attitude and and hard working effort and coachability, I can make you into the basketball player that that will contribute. But you have to be willing. You know, I mean, right. I, I've taken two of my kids from my high school team and transported them into my AAU team, and we're very successful. I mean, you know, we're playing some of the most elite teams and talent in the country, in the nation at that. Because, I mean, I've got a kid from Turkey. I've got a kid from uh, the Congo on my team. So, I mean, and I can mesh those guys into a group of kids that – these kids that I have are five-star kids. Hell, they're not even two-star kids. But we're working together, and they're listening to their coach, and we're beating teams that we probably shouldn't beat. And when we beat these teams, they look at us and they, they, I, every time we beat a team in the gauntlet, the coach comes up and he says, you, you out, you outworked us, you outcoached us, and congrats, you know, because they look at our team and they're full of these big, athletic, long kids, and my guys go out there and just out effort them. They outwork them. And then, you know, I'll make some adjustments here and there, and they listen to them, and they go out and do them. And you don't see that on the AAU circuit very often. And 
you know, I mean, granted, we're going to run into teams that are have just as good a coach, uh, just as much effort, or they're just so athletic that there's nothing I can do that will overcome them. And we're going to lose those games, clearly. Uh, some of them by 20 points. But the fact that I'm taking some of these kids and showing their, their, their true talents and showing that they're being able to mesh together and, and be coached and give that effort, there's going to be college coaches jump all over that because that's what they're looking for as well. You know, I mean, you can put five-star guys together all you want, but just like we've talked about with Kentucky, if you can't get them to mesh together or play together, you're not going to be successful. And somehow John Calipari does that, but not everybody does. And he's going to – other coaches are going to need guys to plug into a system that they just need some, some guys that are going to listen to what they're saying, give them the effort, and know the fundamentals of the game. And I think that translates from lower elementary all the way up to college, no matter what level you're playing at. Confer. Yep. That's a good point. So, oh, I think that needs to be a topic one of these days. There's something to, to talk about, definitely. Right on. Right on. All right, so, uh, Perk, uh, what, what are we calling this little segment you got? Here's what's popping with Perk, people. Here's what's popping with Perk, people. <laughs> All right. So, what's popping, Perk? All right. This is, this is going to be kind of a, a random little segment. This popping with Perk. I kind of did some research and came across some uh, funny, weird, awkward tweets that people sent out. Could be sports. It could be more. That's why we're sports and more. <laughs> I like it. Um, I, I'm. I, I don't know if I should read who these are from or if I should just read them. So, um, I'm just gonna read them. <clears throat> There's only about five, I think, so these are just kind of some that I thought made me giggle. So, this guy tweets out, skateboarding at 16, I don't care about girls, I'm skating. A little while later, he says, skateboarding at 43, I should have had more sex when I was 16. (laughs) 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 That's pretty funny. (laughs) Uh, and this is one that I've actually, I think I've read into this a few times, but I think it's just the opposite. This guy says, my new phone has fingerprint recognition security technology, and now I can't open my phone unless I'm eating fried chicken. (laughs) 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 That's great. I like that one. Yeah. So this one, this one has to do with the Trump and the whole Civil War thing. It says, Trump, what caused the Civil War? His first aide says slavery. His second aide says slavery. His third aide says slavery. Becky DeVos says bears. TJ, I think you'll appreciate this one. Said so my kid asks how the Easter Bunny gets inside the house, and I'm very uncomfortable with the amount of lying this parenting gig requires. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. 
Uh, I think I got two more. <clears throat> I'll never forgive Trump for making me take back saying George W. Bush is the dumbest president ever. <laughs> what was that? I couldn't hear that one. He said, I'll never forgive Trump for making me take back saying George Bush is the dumbest president ever. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, and this one's for all of us. <clears throat> this is probably my favorite. I always read my wife's horoscope to see what kind of day I'm going to have. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what's stopping with work, people. Oh, I like it. I like it. That's good. That's good. That we gotta keep that up, Perk. I think uh, I think that's great there. We on to something here. That's our that's a little yeah. more in there. Yeah, that's the uh, oh. that I think that's what we've been missing. That fried chicken with right. no man, I cracked up when I read oh, that. Oh god. That's <laughs> great. That's spot on too though. Yeah. Uh. All right, so that brings us into our uh, last segment before our final thought. And <clears throat> Kentucky Derby is just a couple days away, uh, and this is going to drop tomorrow. Uh, this is going to drop on Thursday, so the Kentucky Derby is going to be two days away. So I'm going to give you – I've given you my picks. Um, I've given you the favorites. I've given you my personal pick. Um, so I'm going to kind of dive in a little bit more to why I picked my pick um, and then kind of just a little bit of info about my pick. Um, so, you know, full disclaimer, bet this horse. And if you win, funnel the money to sports some more. All right. So local sports blog with T-Bag. So with this being my sixth derby, I'm pretty much – an expert. So my opinion truly matters. My derby winning horse pick is always dreaming. Pletcher is not new to the game. Pletcher's the trainer of this horse. Uh, he's a well-known trainer and normally has at least one horse in the derby. Last year, Pletcher had three race horses uh, with a fourth that was scratched early from the field. Uh, a few of these names may sound familiar as some were heavy favorites. Materiality, it's a knockout, and carpe diem. They all finish 6th, ninth, and 10th, respectively. So why is Always Dreaming such a favorite? Could it be the jockey, John Velezquez? Uh, he's a Hall of Fame jockey, Kentucky Derby winner, leading money winner in 2014. Notable win on top of Animal Kingdom. But what is it about this pair that is so appetizing? From a talent perspective, Always Dreaming appears to be one of the top horses Pletcher has ever brought to the Kentucky Derby. The talent hasn't often translated to wins for Pletcher at Churchill Downs, but Always Dreaming is a special horse, horse with tools needed to buck that trend. Uh, Always Dreaming is coming out of the number five uh, post position. Now, the number five post position isn't ideal for Always Dreaming, but history shows it isn't the worst. So what post position is ideal? Conventional wisdom says that somewhere in the middle of the gate, numbers 5 through 15 is best. Some trainers, owners, or jockeys prefer the outside of the main gate, which is post 14, or inside of the auxiliary gate, which is post 15. 
for the extra space they can afford. But in recent years, however, the Kentucky Derby has attracted very large fields, and winners have been coming from outside posts more often. Nine of the 17 winners since 2000 broke from gates 13 or higher. Those include last year's winner Nyquist from gate 13, American Pharaoh from gate 15, I'll have another from 19, Animal Kingdom from 16, and Big Brown from 20. But the, but the X factor this weekend will be the track condition. With Always Dreaming have little experience, having little experience, the sloppy track could be the factor that eliminates his chances. I wouldn't bet the farm, and with 5-1 to one morning line odds, I'd say this one is more for bragging rights anyway. But that's my pick, and that's for what it's worth. <clears throat> so uh, Always Dreaming, that's my favorite. Uh, starting out, uh my the first time I brought that up into uh the blog it he wasn't the uh favorite but I think since I've mentioned him and brought his name up his odds have gone uh gone up. Uh he went from the seventh favorite to now he's got the best morning line odds. Um forty one people must have put the money on him. <laughs> What's that? I said 41 people must have put some money on him. <laughs> right. So uh yeah, I mean he he has he has the the background um to show that he can be successful. I like I said in in the blog, the the biggest factor is going to be the the course conditions and and they're calling for rain all the rest of this weekend, the rest of this week, the rest of this weekend. So I don't know what uh what it's going to be um what kind of race it's going to be but uh I I still I still like it. Um the only thing like I said, you know, I mean some of those post positions 5 is is not the worst but it's not the best post position. Um so with his style of running it could be that he gets in the pack early. Um, with some of those guys, some of those horses that cut off the the higher posts, um, and he can run with them and, and beat them around that last turn. But um, for what it's worth, that's my pick uh, with the bragging rights. You know, five to one odds. You're not gonna you're not gonna win a whole lot of money just betting that horse straight out. But if if you're looking for a for a solid horse to put in with your trifecta, definitely go with uh, Always Dreaming. I'm guaranteeing a uh, win placer show with that with that horse. That's the tea bag guarantee. Win placer Damn show, it. always dreamy. I heard that. Put your money on it. Like I said, don't bet the farm, but it is what it is. That's that's my. Uh, <clears throat> don't bet the farm, but you wouldn't be afraid to put the tracker on it, huh? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, that's, a, that's a good one. That's a good one. So, uh, you guys have any questions, thoughts about the Kentucky Derby? I think you uh, nailed it. Yeah. Wish I was going, but looks like we're going to be on I, an island in, in Dubois County if we get this two to three inches of, of rain tomorrow. Make sure you get the debris out of your boat. <laughs> yeah, it ought to be getting washed out. I'll tell you what, this year doesn't look that appealing 
um, with the weather forecast. So, I don't know. It, once, if it's raining or it has been raining, it's not that great. It's not ideal situation to be there. I'd say not. Not without an easy up. They won't let you bring in. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, I mean, you'd be paying $8 beers. Um, but I'll tell you what, boys. Some of Lisa's family is having a derby party on Saturday. And you guys are more than welcome to come down and, and hang out and ride with us and uh, go over there and party. Yeah. And they we bet on the uh, we bet on the races and you know uh, every race we have a two dollar reach in and pull a number out and what if your horse wins you win the pot so I mean <clears throat> you're looking at fourteen horses in a race you, you could easily win twenty eight bucks every race just by pulling mm-hmm. luck out of the draw. Hey, it's better than nothing, man. That's a case of beer. It's probably it? more. It's probably more you win at the Derby if you got the favorite. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. But I love this time of year, man. I love horse racing. Um, I always get tickets uh, to uh, a suite for Father's Day, and I just I, last weekend when I was on the road, I got the phone call um, from my hookup asking me if I still wanted the Father's Day tickets. And um, so I always take my father-in-law and and my father and and the, the old ladies out to the track for Father's Day, and we have a good time. And I don't know a whole lot about horse racing, but uh, I do love watching it, and I do love betting on it. And it's a great time, and it's good memories taking Noah out to the track. He likes watching the horses out in the paddock and watching the races. So so does so does Cookie. Cookie loves it too. <laughs> Long as you're home by six. <laughs> no, he stays out. He, I, I think that's what he does is he rests up for uh, the 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 few times that we take him out. Like if we go to Fourth Street or you know, like those few times that we do go out and have a and have a good time, or you know, if uh, real big fish are in town. <laughs> <laughs> that was classic. Oh yeah, that's that's the one that we'll never forget. That's for sure. All right, last boys. Time, well, uh, what's that? Last time we were downtown, uh, your mom wasn't even standing on the street for what fifteen seconds and got shoved. Oh my god! You, you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Somebody's gonna throw down some lady. Oh man, that was great. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but people just gravitate towards us and think they want to start shit. <laughs> uh, all right, boys. Well, uh, do we have anything else, or you want to go right into our final thoughts? I'll say wrap it up. All right. Uh, let's go with Hilly. What you got for your final thought? All right. Final thoughts. Derby related. Anybody going to the Derby, remember. You cannot day drink unless you start in the morning. <laughs> you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta keep that in mind. You can't be starting at, at two or three o'clock and calling it day drinking. Well, let me ask you this: Can you start the night before and just carry it right on over into the next day? 
Yeah, I think they call that alcoholism, but yeah, you can do that. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> not to say that it's never happened. <laughs> yeah, I'm not judging. I'm just saying what they call it. What, yeah, what people are calling it, what the kids yeah. are calling it nowadays. Yeah. Okay, so so what you're saying is you can't, you can't start at four and call it day drinking. Right, that's exactly right. It's got to be an a.m. hour. All right, I, I, I can get on board with that. I 100% agree with that because uh, yeah, anything, uh, anything after noon, I feel like you're just, that's just, you're calling it an early afternoon. Right, that's the thing. If you know, to, to go with that final thought, if if you're not trying to fight off a drunk nap by about eleven thirty, twelve o'clock, you're not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, is that considered a derby? I think it would be. I think it would be, depending on how many people are, you know, included in your day drinking. You know, if it's you're doing it by yourself, people kind of sign you up for AA. And then if you're in a group of people, you know, it's 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 a lot harder to sign a big group of people up for those classes. So, so you harder to get that intervention. Yeah, strength in numbers, man. Keep that in mind. So, so what you're saying is you can't have a a dar a derby by yourself. A wolf is only as strong as the pack surrounding him. <laughs> so you okay. remember that. You remember that. I got you. I got you. All right. Perk. Final thought. My final thought is if you're going to have a buddy on your podcast and he's pretty famous and his name is Colin Cowherd, don't let your host cut him off before you can say bye. <laughs> Sorry, hey, Colin. Uh, I'll talk I'm going to go ahead and apologize. I'm going to go ahead and apologize to uh, to Colin now. <laughs> I think I can sum this up in, in one one sentence. I think he was so excited to announce who it was. <laughs> he just cut him off right off the bat and was like, yep. That was our first big professional guest, and I think he he got a little trigger happy on the on the stop button. I'll tell you what, Perk beat me to the punch. I mean, he was all over it. He was. I was ready, man. That signed him off. I think. Hey, I talked to him earlier in the day. He said he had to go as soon as it was over. He couldn't say bye or anything, so you know it was all good. Yeah. Well, the fact that he called in during the break and said, "Hey, how's the rest of the show going?" I mean, that clearly, right. that clearly shows that he didn't have any hard feelings. Yeah. He he asked if we were available this weekend, but I told him we, you guys had the derby, and I was going to Bloomington. You know, it's just not going to work. Well, speaking of hard feelings, that brings me into my final post or my final thought. So my final thought is, if you're going to post a video online. Make sure your nipples are pointy and perfect. <laughs> and your beard is fresh. Because those things were nice. Those things yeah, you, were nice. And for I anyone just, that's listening thinking that we're talking about a female, you're incorrect. <laughs> those, those were straight up movies. 
and they I think we'll, uh, we'll probably check go out the ahead. Facebook page. Yeah, we'll yeah. probably go ahead and post a picture on the Facebook page, just so yeah, they can yeah. get an idea of what we're talking about. But you know, on the the second thought of that is we all laugh about that. Uh, you know, we we gave the the guy grief on his National Geographic nipples, but. You were talking about the, <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about the fingerprint identification on your phone. Well, you know that may be a thing if you're if you are eating fried chicken, you may be able to use, you use a, your a nipple. Nips use your nipple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It might be easier. <laughs> yeah, you just never know. <laughs> when your both your hands are full, man, you're good to go. That's yeah, exactly but just think right. of those times where you you do have both hands full. And you've got to raise now. You've got to raise your shirt up to get your nip out. What? You can cut like little. You can cut little holes in your shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't think he had to. He had to raise anything. (laughs) You think uh, if you had nips like that, you just you just walk shirtless all the time? (laughs) That's what I don't know. I don't know what I was. I would say. I would say. Crazy, that picture. I can't even look at it. I would say <laughs> that dude got a hold of a breast pump and didn't let go. <laughs> I would think like I personally. Okay, here's my opinion. I personally see this guy in a tank top. Okay, like I think he looks like a tank top. I don't want to picture that in a tank top. <laughs> but what I'm thinking is. The the, <laughs> the fabric. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm changing my final thought. I don't ever want to talk about guys' nipples again. <laughs> but you gotta think about this. The fabric to nipple ratio has got to be. You <laughs> have to buy extra material to just to cover it. <laughs> <laughs> you got, I mean, you got to think how extremely painful that would be. You know the oh. the constant rubbing of the. I was gonna say, you have to wear band aids. <laughs> yeah. No, you're know. not using band aids there. No, no. I think you got to use. You're doing oh, something. You got to use way worse than band aids. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Fenders or what? What's yeah, that I just think if they, you uh, have nipples like that, you don't wear t-shirts. You don't wear shirts at all. Oh man. Well, what I'm thinking is, what's that? Uh, I don't want to name drop unless they want to be a sponsor. But that commercial where they spray the uh, the stuff on the patio door in the bottom of the boat, I'm thinking he dips them in that stuff. <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean, like no that band-aid. That guy like drills a hole in the boat, and then he goes out into the lake, and he could probably cut glass with those things. <laughs> Guaranteed. Again, you can definitely, you can definitely turn a, a dial rotary phone. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, <laughs> they might be too big to fit in the hole, though. Uh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> You imagine All I got right, one up to an old school payphone and be like, <laughs> that that picture has been posted to our web to the <laughs> Facebook. Oh my god! 
Yeah, if you're gonna oh, if you're gonna go big. So Yeah. Uh, all, all right boys. All well that got. wraps us up. Uh so I uh, hope you all have a good weekend. Um I'll keep you posted on, on uh if my derby picks change if anybody drops out. Um Hilly, if you want to come to uh, hang out, give me a holler, man. I won't make you bring any manpower, I promise you. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so with that being said, let's make sure that we keep our hilly high, our perks popping, our tea bag full, and your beer cold. We'll see you next week. All right, boys. And a good one. Oh, that was fun. All right, peace. See you. See you.